What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Republicans who have stood up to Trump, they seem like truth-telling heroes to a lot of liberals, but not to Rick Perlstein. He's the award-winning author of the bestsellers about our political history, most recently The Invisible Bridge, The Fall of Nixon and the Rise of Reagan. Before that, he published the classic Nixonland. It was a New York Times bestseller and was picked as one of the best nonfiction books of the year by over a dozen publications. Rick is the former chief national correspondent for The Village Voice and a former online columnist for The New Republic and Rolling Stone. His journalism and essays have appeared in Newsweek, The New York Times, and The Nation. We reached him today at home in Chicago. Hi, Rick. Hi, John. Good to hear from you. A lot of us were delighted to see a few Republicans at last standing up to Trump, especially Senator Jeff Flake, the junior Republican from Arizona. On the Senate floor, he denounced what he called Trump's, quote, reckless, outrageous, and undignified behavior, unquote. This was October 24th, the day he announced he was quitting the Senate. He deplored Trump's, quote, flagrant disregard for truth and decency, close quote. Don't you wish there were more Republicans like Jeff Flake? Um, I'm ambivalent on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, the Republicans like Jeff Flake are like the Republicans we couldn't stand and were worried about destroying the universe, you know, until Trump came along. And one of the things I worry about is – so Jeff Flake wrote a book called Conscience of a Conservative in which he explained his objections to Trump. And uh, in the book, he inadvertently reveals with a striking clarity uh, just how low the standard is for conservatism, the moral standard, the kind of political standard, even without Trump. And what worries me is that these Republicans who are basically making no apologies for how the conservatism that came before Trump helped contribute to Trump, what worries me is that uh, after Trump is gone, 
uh, if Trump is gone prematurely, they're going to be able to claim themselves uh, as uh, these kind of noble heroic figures. And the worst case scenario uh, is that we'll basically have locked in uh, the kind of non-Trump conservatism as even more firmly into the center of American politics. And the, the Overton window, as they put it, uh, will have uh, moved to the right. So I would like to see uh, some of these conservatives who are saying nasty things about Trump really begin to look a lot harder into the mirror, acknowledging, for example, the damage that supply-side economics has done, which is, you know, something that uh, Jeff Flake is uh, an extremely uh, enthusiastic proponent of it of to this day. I see what you mean, but they they are making a distinction between traditional conservative politics and Trump that not all Republicans, most Republicans are overlooking. If I could just quote the wonderful Jeff Flake some more, he deplored Trump's, quote, casual undermining of our democratic ideals and the personal attacks, the threats against principles, freedoms, and institutions, close quote. Uh, And his point is even conservatives uh, should stand up to these things. Well, and, why doesn't he? What, what, he has nothing to say about uh, George W. Bush's undermining of our democratic ideals. And uh, George W. Bush now has joined the conservatives who are saying that basically definitional, definitionally what conservatives were up to before Trump came along was on a high moral level and Trump somehow uh, falls from that high moral level. And don't forget, this is the guy who turned torture into an instrument of policy in the United States. This is the guy who laundered a conspiracy theory about weapons of mass destruction to create the worst geostrategic blunder in the history of the United States. This is a guy who, you know, deported Muslims. This is a guy who basically turned us into a garrison state. And suddenly he says one nasty thing about Trump, and I'm referring to George W. Bush here, and he's washed in the blood of the lamb. And suddenly we're supposed to be nostalgic for George W. Bush. Yeah, let me and, just, can I just read George W. Bush's quote from in an October speech? He said that Trump had brought, quote, bullying and prejudice into our national life. Right. I, I think you've made some, you've posed some, a pretty telling critique of that view that in fact, George yeah, W. Bush. Yeah, a historian that does that, that's, hard, that's hard for me to stomach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Michelle Goldberg wrote in the New York Times against the the stand that you have taken. He says Jeff Flake is now arguing that telling the truth about Trump is more important than the career he spent a lifetime building. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I respect her a lot. And I think that there is certainly I'm not going to like, you know, go to my grave, you know, fighting for Jeff, that Jeff Flake is the most awful human being (laughs) in the world. But the fact of the matter is, you know, in the case of Jeff Flake, he may well, uh, you know, he was he was losing his career anyway. Right. I mean, he was going to go down in flames. And uh, like I say, if Trump gets gone, suddenly guys like Jeff Flake are the heroes. And, you know, Jeff Flake 2020 is, you know, not <laughs> not an inconceivable notion if Donald Trump is impeached, you know, because there has to be, you know, this population of Republicans who are acceptable, you know, who, who, who are who don't have the Trump taint. So it was basically a costless move on his part 
and you know could conceivably were down to profound political benefits. So I just don't buy that part of Michelle's argument. But let me give you another, you know, the, the piece I wrote that we're talking about and in these times also talks about a guy named Charlie Sykes, who's you know, not nearly as famous as Jeff Flake, but he's been everywhere. He's been in the New York Times. He's been in the Washington Post. He's even been in the New York Review of Books. And he was kind of this very prominent uh, conservative talk radio host in Milwaukee, but a very, you know, kind of a big fish in a small bowl. And now by being the, you know, kind of the, the conservative who criticizes Trump, suddenly he's nationally famous. So, you know, there's lots of energy against Trump. Don't forget that this is the guy who, you know, has whatever, a 35% approval rating, record low. So coming out against him does provide certain kinds of career benefits for conservatives. Jeff Flake is not alone, as you say, and it's not just George W. Bush, of course, whose brother was supposed to be the Republican uh, next president. There is Senator Bob Corker, Republican of Tennessee, who had this hilarious line where he called the White House an adult daycare center. And after Trump sent out some particularly egregious tweets, Bob Corker said, somebody missed a shift today. (laughs) I think we can thank him for that. Yeah, you know, that's great. But I wish these guys would kind of stand and fight instead of just, you know, retiring, you know. John McCain. Then there's John McCain. His great line is he he talks a lot about the revelations of the Trump campaign's collusion with Russia. And his line is, there are a lot more shoes to drop on this centipede. Uh, (laughs) So drop them, brother. (laughs) Get dropping. But again, he is somebody who is uh, not going to run for re-election. Sadly, he you know, has brain cancer. But you have pointed out that, that Bob Corker and John McCain and these other Republicans vote with Trump about something like 90 percent of the time. Yeah, like, yeah so there was this remarkable uh, phenomenon where uh, I think Corker and McCain, but definitely Jeff Blake, I think all three of them, the very day that Blake gave this, you know, resounding, you know, uh, uh, have you at long last no sense of decency speech on the floor of the Senate, joins the vote to get rid of the, uh, you know, the the, 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 the Elizabeth Warren's, uh, you know, Bank Protection Bureau, uh, or not get rid of it, but to make it, you know, harder for people to sue banks that defraud them. So, you know, uh, that's a pretty crystalline example of, you know, this is really kind of a backhanded favor on their part. Of course, we expect Republicans to support tax breaks for the rich. That's that's the bedrock, you know, position of the Republicans. But um, right. So, but why can't we use this moment in which you know Trump uh, helps kind of like make the Republicans look especially stinky as leverage <laughs> to try to take down the entire Republican agenda and the damage it's done? Uh, this you know this goes back to the campaign where. You know, Hillary Clinton, you know, kind of gave her speech in which she said, oh, the alt-right is awful and they're they're so terrible and they're not like our traditional conservatives that we know and love at all. And thereby kind of enshrining conservative, traditional conservatism is, you know, something that was worthy of our respect. You know, I'm just going to hold to the position that it's not worthy of our respect (laughs) and that, you know, if they're going to hold on to Trump, we got to, you know, basically uh, uh, throw the anchor around them all and Bring them all down, you know, and I think this is going to be harder to do when uh, we're kind of separating conservatives into the good guys who say, you know, nasty things about Trump's manners, basically, and uh, the bad guys who stick with Trump. They're all bad. It, it would be even harder to do if Trump launched a nuclear attack on North Korea 
And, you know, tax breaks for the rich are one thing, but blowing up the world would be worse. Don't we need Republicans to help us stop him from doing that? I, 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 I completely, in the short term, I completely respect that argument. By the way, John, do you want to do you want to make some news on your air? Sure. If people go to Esquire.com, uh, I have a brand new interview up with Daniel Ellsberg about his new book in which he reveals his belief that uh, if we decapitated, uh, invaded North Korea, or had some kind of military uh, action against North Korea, and Kim Jong-un died, that there might be some kind of, uh, he, he suspects very strongly that there's some kind of dead hand device that would automatically launch a nuclear weapon against Seoul. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, he says, I'm pretty convinced that Kim, in fact, has also made provisions for massive retaliation if he is killed. So, so uh, all the more reason, yes, let's get rid of Trump. But, you know, is it easier to get rid of Trump with these Republican allies or if we kind of use the, let's just say, the dead hand of the entire Republican Party to help drag down Trump? That's, that's something I'd like to consider. Yeah, I know there's these political strategists uh, who you have referred to who point out that the best way to get rid of Republicans is not just to condemn them for their policy positions on taxes and health care, but to emphasize that they support the authoritarian, narcissistic, dangerous Trump. That means Trump hurts regular Republicans, and thus— That's right. You know, uh, right here in Illinois, where we have a very, very competitive uh, Democratic primary for uh, governor against a truly awful Republican who's destroying this— state, basically, by holding the budget hostage, named Bruce Rauner. Uh, J.B. Pritzker, uh, one of the Democratic candidates, is building his whole campaign around basically uh, saying that if a vote for uh, Rauner is a vote for Trump. And clearly has some very strong focus group, because he's a billionaire. I'm sure he's done all the research, mm-hmm. uh, research and, and polling research that shows the best way to destroy a Republican named Rauner, like Rauner, who has, if anything, distanced himself from Trump is by attacking the whole party as tainted by Trump. So maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's the way to go, and maybe we do not want more Republicans to follow the example of Jeff Flake and Bob Corker and John McCain. I, I, I don't feel like I can go that far. Maybe I'm threading too fine a needle. You know, I, I'd like to see people calling a spade a spade and saying in good faith that Donald Trump is, is, is disastrous and breaking things. But I guess what I want to do is uh, nudge them a little further. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, like, like, like a teacher, I just like kind of level, level them up and kind of bring them to the next transcendent level of uh, wokeness, shall we say. <laughs> Rick Perlstein is our teacher. His piece, Don't Trust the Anti-Trump Republicans, appears in the December issue of In These Times. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.